Welcome, friends, and thank you for listening. I'm Scott Sullivan, Discipleship Catalyst with the Georgia Baptist Mission Board, and our team exists to strengthen Georgia Baptist churches in the area of discipleship. We've developed three tools just for you. The Watershed Principle, which identifies the six main ministries of the church that must be healthy to produce world-impacting disciple-makers. The Spark Conference. Last year's conference saw over 33,000 views from 45 different states and 18 countries. This year's conference will premiere on August the 12th with best-selling author Tony Evans, Ben Mandrell, president of Lifeway, and David Kinneman, the president of the Barna Group. We also have learning communities that are set up throughout Georgia, which exist to help you finish the task of leading your family in ministry well. You can see our website to find one near you. Also, every Thursday at 3 p.m., you can catch this broadcast through Facebook, Instagram, or multiple podcast platforms. Now, let's join today's broadcast. Welcome, friends. We have one of the brightest leaders that I've met since I've been in Georgia on the panel today. And really, is one of those perspective-changing topics as we deal with missions and a, a missional life, living a missional life. Buck Birch is with us. He's pastored several years in middle Georgia. Uh, he served for the International Mission Board as the strategist for church planning with teams in Moscow and Russia. And then he served as a state missionary for the Convention Georgia Baptist Mission Board um, here with us from 2011 to present. So he is our missions catalyst for the state of Georgia. So he's got a lovely wife, Leslie. They've got three grown children. Bucks, welcome. Appreciate you being on the broadcast with us today, buddy. Thanks. It's good to be here, man. You betcha. Now, friends, listen, let me just remind you that this is a product. We are fruit of you giving to the cooperative program dollars. So thank you for giving to that. Now, our team wants to get a stack of resources out. Always fun. We do that every broadcast. So make sure that you leave a comment below and one lucky winner will get a whole pile of, comp of uh, resources, product that we will send to your doorstep. So, Buck, thanks for being here, man. And let's let's give our listeners just a little bit of background about Buck Birch. How does a guy get from being a pastor and then serving with IMB in Moscow and being a strategist for all of the really cool and crazy and dangerous uh, things that, have, that you've been a part of, and then to be at the Georgia Baptist Convention leading an entire missions element? How'd you get there, Bub? Well, you know, there's a Bible verse that talks about I being in the way the Lord led me. Um, it literally has been a series of things where God has just worked through our own personal discipleship in our home uh, to lead us to a, a burning desire for lost people to see Christ, uh, come to know Christ. And um, because of that, uh, and in leading mission trips short term uh, to Mexico and Canada, when we were serving uh, in the States prior to IMB, the Lord... Uh, opened the door for us to consider long-term uh, missionary service in Russia, in which we were there for 13 years. And through that, uh, a partnership developed with the Georgia Baptist Convention, which opened the door for, as the Lord led us back here to, uh, to start serving with the Georgia Baptist Mission Board. That's really cool. And I tell you, maybe my favorite thing about you, Buck, is that you like to eat. I mean, we, we are lunch partners. We're, there's almost nothing that you and I won't eat. I love food, bro. <laughs> <laughs> and not just eating, 
you were a candy maker at Stucky's. I mean, what in the world? Yeah, my first job. Eastman, Georgia is the home of Stucky's Candy. And uh, my first job in the summer as a teenager was uh, making boxes and then making candy at Stucky's. I knew there was something I liked about you. Now, listen, let's dive in here because you, you created a resource called Six Dangers to Avoid on Mission Trips. When I first saw that, I just thought, oh, my goodness, 30 years local church. And I guess probably out of those 30 years, I probably took 27 of those years. I was on multiple mission trips, weekends week-long, long-term investment and partnerships. And I remember thinking, gosh, if I could have seen some of these things when I first saw, uh, began doing mission work, super would have been helpful. So let me just mention this. My experience as a disciple maker has been that going on mission trip across the street, across the state, across the globe, you know, it forced me to think. And I, um, I've been told this, said that, heard this quote before. It said, you can tell people the truth, but you can't make them think. In in missions, Buck, is one of those things that it forces us to think. It, it forces us down avenues that we haven't been before, that, that missional mindset. So in your six dangers, let's jump in right here. Mm -hmm. You mentioned spiritual and emotional vetting, how important that is when you're taking a group somewhere. So here's my question. Why is it important that that you deal with the spiritual emotional vetting and how can a leader think through this? So let me, let me throw a, a couple of stats that you begin with and then, and then answer your question very specifically. I don't know if you know this, but um, in the, in the past few years, they have done research through surveys to find out that only about 10% of Christians have ever gone on any kind of mission trip short term, whether that's right next door or around the world. Now, in the evangelical community, it's a little higher. It's one out of every four have gone. But here's the thing. Of the 75% that have never taken a trip, it's because they they fear uh, something. They fear a loss in some way. And, and so part of the reason why we're trying to address these questions is how do you preempt that fear? So part of it, part of it has to do with the fact that missions in and of itself is the laboratory uh, to the to the to the, the the textbook experience of discipleship, so you want to vet people who go on mission trips because you want to make sure they hit the right timing. You want to make sure that they are in the right mix. Um, for for many people, uh, you can sabotage a trip if you don't vet who's going, uh, at least on the emotional end and the personality end. Uh, let's just be honest: not everybody sits on the same pew. And in the same way, not everybody's going to mesh right on the same mission trip. Um, you can avoid a lot of conflict uh, whenever the, the, the stakes are high and the, and the emotions are running high on a trip. And, and hey, that goes all the way back to, to Paul and Barnabas, you know, right. over the issue of John Mark. So when you when you're taking a trip, you really do want to vet who goes to determine whether or not this is the right trip at the right time for them. Now, having said that. I personally believe that every Christian should be involved in missions locally, regionally, nationally, and internationally. But you need to know who's going and whether or not they're going to fit in that category. Because when culture shock hits and it's real, you need to be able to provide some early intervention, helping that team member on that trip and the dynamic of the team itself so that that would make a, a successful trip. And, and not just on the issue of culture shock, but spiritual warfare when it really starts 
hitting. You want some mature disciples who are aware and are able to handle that. I love it. Now, two, two things that I think are really important here, but is that you have a missions team to help because you mentioned this fear. And my goodness, if you've never taken a group on a trip and, and it's missions, man, you talk about there can be so much anxiety there that it can almost paralyze you and keep people from being able to do that. So you've got a missions team and it is built to answer those questions and to help people to do this well. First thing I love. Here's the second thing. Specifically, this document that you've created, which we're going to put in the links below, the six dangers uh, that you're talking about in, in creating a missional culture and going on a mission trip, that can help people because really what we're talking about is preparation. Mm -hmm. Like I, yeah. we have to be prepared for a, a future that we want to create, right? That's exactly right. You know, most of the failure that happens on mission trips happens because there wasn't proper preparation. Mm, well, and so we really do want to help a team steward the discipleship experience through a missions short term trip. So, yes, there is a there's an actual document called Team Preparation Guide that that can be downloaded to help a team walk through all of the steps beforehand to know how to make sure that that trip that trip is is properly prepared, including how to register with government authorities, how to make sure you have a plan B, how to keep people in the states aware of what's going on so that if any of these potential dangers do arise, there can be a, an assurance that God has already worked in that team to have what they need before they get there. And friends, listen to me. Buck Birch is one of the smartest, and I'm not just blowing smoke here. He's one of the smartest and most thorough people that I know. So, so when he talks about this guide to help you prepare, I'm telling you, it's comprehensive, it's solid, and we'll put a link to that as a resource in the chat as well. Now, Buck, let me shift a little area, and that kind of leads into this second topic here. So my team hears me say all the time that the point of discipleship is not just connection, it's Christ-likeness. And missional living is being like Jesus. It's living like Jesus would. It would respond like Jesus would, be relationships like Jesus would. So here's my question, or really a statement. Can you talk to our pastors and our leaders who see missions, because you alluded to this just a moment ago, that's what sparked this question. Who Can you talk to our pastors and leaders who see missions as a one week or a one weekend event a year pursuit rather than this missional lifestyle that we're talking about. Yeah, I call that T-shirt theology, you know, where you have the one and done, you go and you get the T-shirt the at the end of it all saying we, we were there, you know. Um, I, I, when I look at the Bible, I do not see anything that is a one and done nor an individual experience. It's always done in the context of the larger church. No one was ever sent out by himself. Even when Jesus chose his disciples, he sent them out in pairs. Um, but and, and, I'm, and I'm talking uh, Matthew chapter 10 and Luke chapter 10. And beyond that, the whole book of Acts is all about teams. But within that, every time Paul entered into an area, it wasn't just to go there and then leave. He went back regularly to those places to strengthen the churches that were established. Now, why was that important? Because discipleship is lived out every day. Hmm. If the hallmark to our discipleship is simply to go and change locations for a week, then, then we could do that at any time. But God has called for us to live out our faith on a daily basis so that no matter who we meet, no matter where they are, 
no matter what ethnicity they come from. We are being on mission with God 24-7. So as opposed to the t-shirt theology, I would highly encourage pastors to take a long-range partnership perspective and, and, and think in terms of how can we go back regularly so that our church is strengthened at the same time that church that we're ministering to in that uh, other context is strengthened. That is such a great point, but because I'm telling you, my missions effort I'm talk, was transformed, was totally different when we went from the shotgun approach where we went to a different place every spring or every summer doing these event-based, but they were never tied together with any partnership, which regretfully was like a decade of the first decade of my ministry. That's what it looked like. But when, but when a guy like you told me, says, Scott, you can maximize gospel impact. If you'll go back to the same place with the same leaders, with multiple points of investment with them over a three, four year period. And then what you see on the backside are these deep relationships, but also these networked of training and the ministry is stronger and last longer. And I'm just telling you, it was like, it was like a light bulb went off for me. So, so let me add to that. Let me add to that, Scott. I really do believe the two different extremes that we're talking about. You have the one extreme of the scavenger hunt of missions where it's changing locations time and time again versus actual engagement. And I love that term engagement because that means there's some kind of commitment there. Mm. There's some kind of intention long term there. And when you do that, you build up the faith of the local body of Christ. And Christ has given us four different fields, local, regional, national, and international, that if we will fill that with intentional partnerships, we will see our local church grow. That's it. Hashtag what you call it, spiritual scavenger hunt uh, mm-hmm. missions. We're going to create a new term right here, buddy. That's good. <laughs> so listen, I, I've said before that we can fail, but we can't be mediocre. And, and missions is one of those. There are, there are a lot of leaders that are in the trenches. They're like, man, I, I want to do that, but I've never done No one's ever taken me on it. So it was never modeled for them how to do a mission trip or where or where to start. The beauty, friends, listen to me. Contact Buck Birch. You've got a missions consultant in your region. They can help you with every element of this. Now, here's my question. How can leaders learn to maximize gospel impact in a, when we talk, so we talked about this a little bit, but how can they learn to ma- maximize gospel impact when they partner missionally with another state or another group across the street or across the globe? So I, I want to allude back to it again. You know, t- t- discipleship without missions is like taking a chemistry class and never doing a lab. Mm. The, 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 the beauty of what Christ has designed for every single disciple is the experience of sharing his faith and sharing your faith in a context where it's with somebody who is like me, somebody who's a little bit not like me and someone who is very much not like me mm. allows the Holy Spirit to reiterate that no matter what the context, your faith is transferable. And so I want to highly encourage pastors to maximize gospel impact and growth in their own local context by strengthening the base of those who are engaging in missions. Let them take trips right across the street uh, in general evangelism. Let them do something with a with a, a different ethnicity within the same city, but at the same time provide those experiences where 
we are forced out of our comfort zone, stripped away of those things that we hang on to as, as, as our defense mechanisms. And we have to depend on Christ alone to allow us the experience of sharing the gospel with someone else. Man, and you, so you mentioned something here. Let me take a little diversion for a second, because you, you mentioned something about the culture of where you're going, and it's not always the same as where we live and where we serve. Um, this was a huge, this is kind of one of those things, you don't know what you don't know. And it was a, just huge learning lesson for me. So talk to us about when you're going someplace like Peru or Zimbabwe or whatever, right? Well, the culture's different. In their in their tribe and this experience, I had this experience with the Native Native American community up in Wisconsin. Talk to us about how important it is to to try and understand the culture of where you're going, and not try to force your culture into their culture, which rarely works. So there's two aspects that I'll answer with. One has to do with again the dangers that are inherent within uh, mission trips and how to avoid that danger. One. Prepare yourself by researching everything you can about the context that you're going to be going to minister in. There are some things that behaviors are acceptable here that would be offensive there. And you don't want to get yourself into a, a situation where you get arrested or you get uh, put into danger because you have inadvertently created that. Secondly, you want to know how that person in that context hears the gospel. The way they receive information may be a little different than the way you receive information. So you want to be able to research that. And that's what's really strongly encouraged to have a, a host or a, a local church involved in that context, because they'll be able to help guide that. But then finally, just in the issue of understanding cross-cultural communication, um, a cactus will not grow well in a cold environment. And just because the cactus may be growing well in South Georgia does not mean that it's going to grow well uh, up in Norway. So because of that, in the same context, what works here might actually be dangerous there. That which for us has become very normal could be something that in another context would be seen as, as, as something detrimental to the advancement of the gospel. That's why, just in general, in Central and South America, we may be using some of the same verbiage and some of the same language, but if we don't understand the context of a rampant prosperity theology, a rampant misunderstanding, mixed understanding, I'll say, uh, between evangelical Christianity and a Roman Catholic background, or mm -hmm. even the mixture of some uh, animistic or folk religious uh, kind, of, kind of behaviors, if we don't understand that context, we will assume that when we say something that it has been communicated. And so I would highly encourage trying to learn a whole lot more about that, that cultural context that you're going to minister in. It's really good. Hey, one, one follow-up question here. We're going on missions. We're, we're getting a team together. We're going to these people who may not have heard the gospel or, or, or they're not completely accepting that, maybe not disciple-making. How important is it that when we go on those trips and, and we're leading these trips, that our personal walk with Jesus is fresh and vibrant? And as just kind of a follow-up, maybe share with us what that looks like for you as a yeah. leader, because I know you spend intimate time with the Lord and that shows in your life. And that example has to be in place when we're going um, on mission. So 
I'll start by saying, you know, canned gospel presentations are are useful in some contexts, but there's another deeper level to sharing the gospel where you can move beyond all of the different uh, methodologies for sharing Christ into allowing God to speak through your faith. Here's what I would here's, here's what I would highly encourage. Have a daily quiet time because the very things that the Holy Spirit speak to you today or yesterday might actually be that which needs to bridge the gospel conversation in the uh, in the context of the of, of the person that God brings into your path today. Um, I I personally have kind of moved away from just simple gospel canned presentations, whether that's four spiritual laws or or GRACE or or the ABCs of evangelism or the or whatever. I've moved beyond that, knowing that those are all tools in a toolbox into kind of just saying, hey, when I meet somebody, I'm going to let them know what what I'm talking to Jesus about this morning. And from there, I have discovered over and over again how that opens the door to a person actually seeing something that's real. And that's what they want. Hmm. They they may want some level of information that a canned presentation can give. But what they really want is to know that the Jesus who died on the cross from them was raised from the dead and has a personal relationship with the person they're talking to. And that they want in their own life as well. Boy, that's good. So strong. Now, I want to close our time out with this because people are probably pinging right now just thinking of, where they could go or, or some, mm-hmm. some stuff they're thinking, or maybe something they've heard that they're trying to process here. What are some resources that you can share with them to think through as they create that missional culture in their church? Well, the first place that I would encourage uh, everyone to go right now is a website called ministryboom.com slash missions prep. I'm sorry, mission prep. Uh, without the S, M-I-S-S-I-O-N, PREP, P-R-E-P. From there, there can be a launch into a lot of other resources, including a downloadable team preparation guide that talks in depth about not only what they're going to need to prepare their team to go on a trip, but can give them some resources for deeper spiritual and devotional life of the members prior to ever taking a trip. So I would highly encourage that first and foremost. Also to go to our website at gabaptist.org slash missions, they will see a whole lot of other resources that are all downloadable free, including if that group wants to go to a Spanish speaking country, we have Spanish for missions courses that can be downloaded in video audio format and can get you connected with a Hispanic Georgia Baptist church that would love to connect with you and help you learn. Uh, Spanish as as a local church. Yeah. And Buck, here's the deal, man. Uh, I, I feel like trust is gained like a thermostat and lost like a light switch. Mm. And knowing you, uh, being a part of your ministry, seeing what you're doing with your consultants and helping people develop an, a, a missional culture and to go on missions experiences gives me the trust that I, that I can do this and that I can put this in front of people. So thank you for what you are doing as our missions catalyst. This is absolutely huge. And of course they can contact us here at the convention uh, and we will get them to you and to your team to do all of these, answer all of these questions for sure. So thank you buddy for coming on with us today. Thank you, brother. You bet. And remember friends, Buck will also be speaking this 
these six dangers we were talking about, he's actually got a full meal deal that he's speaking on all six of those PowerPoint presentation and everything at the Spark Conference, which is our state's largest conference, Total Church Health Strengthening. So if you go to www.thesparkconference.com, you can register for that beginning June 1. Get on there, and I encourage you to check out Buck Birch and the missions presentations. And uh, let me also say a thank you to Ray Sullivan, who's producing for us today. Ray, thank you, buddy, for all you do to help us get online and to work this thing out and make these ugly mugs look good and uh, or as best you can. So, and for all of you that are watching, engaging with us, thank you. You are our tribe, and I pray, as I always do, that you will reinvest the gospel seed that was shared with you, and let's go make world-impacting disciple-makers. Thanks for listening to Georgia Baptist Discipleship Podcast. And we want to give you a gift. The five discipleship shifts most churches need to make to produce world-impacting disciple-makers. You can get this by going to ministryboom.com forward slash the number five discipleship shifts.com. That's ministryboom.com forward slash the number five discipleship shifts.com. This five page PDF is a discipleship alignment checklist that may surprise you. It will help you learn why programs are killing your discipleship. The number one default worker strategy that keeps churches from empowering their ministries. Learn the OGV factor and how it can revolutionize discipleship, attendance, and evangelism in your church. Again, go to ministryboom.com forward slash the number five discipleshipshifts.com. The Georgia Baptist Mission Board is able to provide resources like this because of gifts from Georgia Baptist to the cooperative program. For more information on this broadcast and a customized discipleship plan for your church, visit gabaptist.org forward slash discipleship. And by the way, if you found this content helpful, we sure hope you'll share it with a friend. And thanks so much for partnering with us to make world-impacting disciple-makers. <music>